everybody. Welcome to Podcasting for Humans. Honest conversations about podcasting problems. Every week, a different podcaster brings a podcast problem, struggle, or doubt to the table, and we process it together. I'm Richard Clark. I'm the owner of Area Code Audio, a podcasting agency that helps people, organizations, and brands build trust and loyalty through the medium of podcasting. And my guest today is Jessica Schroeder. Jessica is a writer, an editor, and a plant-based entrepreneur. Welcome, Jessica, to the show. Thank you, Richard. It's a pleasure to be here. Tell us a little bit about the podcast you want to talk about today. Yeah, so I am considering starting a podcast, and the idea behind it, based on you know you having said I was a I'm a plant-based entrepreneur, is mm-hmm. taking my passion for plant-based eating and trying to make that applicable to people in a particular way. And so as I've been thinking about particularly um, the issue of climate change and and just seeing how people I think want to make a difference in their lives to, about that that crisis that we're all facing right now. I yeah. think f- food and what we eat every day is a really tangible way for people to make an impact. And so making that more accessible to people in an everyday kind of a way is something I would love to pursue through a podcast. That's awesome. So um, when you think about this podcast, is there um, is there a doubt or a struggle or a problem that comes to mind that you're struggling with um, that might be helpful to talk through? For sure. Um, definitely audience comes to mind. I mm-hmm. intentionally withdrew from social media, largely probably college and grad school in large um, part to just focus, you know, not to be distracted yeah. from, from things. And, um, I just don't then have much of a platform from which to, to launch in terms of an audience who's waiting for my content. And so I'm wondering, not just is it worth it to start a podcast, but then how how do I get my stuff out there to people, find find my audience and help them find me? I want to ask a clarifying question because you did raise this idea of is it worth it? Is that a real thing? Is that a real con- um, concern for you? It, are the stakes here like whether or not you do the podcast or are the stakes something more like what can I expect when I make this podcast? Great question. I think probably both. I think the fact that that came out is <laughs> yeah. is evidence that I do have that little question in the back of my mind. You know, does any does yeah. does anyone really want to hear this? Do I have something valuable to say? And I think when I, in my healthiest moments, I do believe I have something valuable to say, and that people need it, yeah. and that they will appreciate it. But especially not having that ready platform, ready to receive it and celebrate it and use it. It makes me wonder, uh, should I do this? And then yes, yes how, how? And yeah, I think there's a lot of people like struggling with this question right now. I, um, th- there's this thing that happens when you, you leave a social media platform because it seems like it's what's best for you in that moment where, um, th- but then when you, <laughs> when you want to start something, you're like, how do I tell people? And I think we've gotten used to these social media platforms and the followings that come with them as ways potentially to, gen- to, to develop an audience. That is changing both in terms of like how much people rely on those platforms. I mean, even like the more algorithmic platforms are less reliable. Um, being shadow banned, I think at this point is like a very real possibility, especially if you're like, um, you know, as someone who has a Substack, for instance, I know that promoting it on Twitter is gonna do almost nothing because, <laughs> 
Twitter doesn't like it when you do that. And they're going to make it less likely that people are going mm-hmm. to see those posts. So things like that make make you realize that like that stuff is very unstable and unreliable uh, for generating an audience. I am curious, like, do you have a newsletter? Do you have something like that? I do. Yes. I started mm-hmm. a Substack not too long ago and I okay. do use Instagram very lightly. And so I have yeah. a, a few followers there from uh, my work with Dear Wallflower. But again, it's not something I'm pursuing in a really <laughs> active way. Yeah. Yeah. How's the newsletter going? Because the newsletter, if I remember correctly, is directly related to this subject, is it not? Tangentially. So okay. that's the interesting thing, too, is I have a lot of areas of interest in my life. So having just completed a PhD (laughs) in theology and related my my substacks more related to my theological interests. So, um, beauty kind of taking things that I like from culture and everyday life Mm -hmm. and things like that. It's a little bit more of like the lay level of my theological thoughts and then okay um, yeah but yeah I, I mean, it's all very related because the, the whole reason of wanting to have something out there for people to take action on with regard to climate change and what we eat it's all related to this idea of stewardship and stewardship is a very theological concept so okay it, it's all comes from the same core it just may look very different in how it's expressed Yes. And one of the things, and I'm saying this because I have a similar problem with some of my various interests, but one of the things that strikes me about your interests is for better or worse, probably worse, those two worlds don't often overlap. Like it's not uh, super common that the, the sort of theologian, theological interest crowd is also interested in, frankly, climate change at all, but for that matter, <laughs> plant-based eating, it's just not super common. And you're probably finding yourself um, feeling like an outsider in both worlds to some extent. That's my right? life. That's my life right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm relating to that because because I'm someone who's, who's sort of um, dabbled professionally in both the Christian world, the theological world, Christian journalism, that sort of thing, and video games, which those, that's the same thing. There's just not a lot of blatant overlap between those two things. And you can like do the thing where you just combine, you just smash them up and you've got a built in niche, right? Like that's something. But um, it also sounds to me like you're not as interested in going like plant based eating, but also theology, you know, um, maybe that's part of the lens you're looking through, but it's not necessarily the niche you're wanting to land in. Yeah, that's definitely been, it's been a kind of a, an implicit question in the back of my mind this entire time. So when I call myself a a plant-based entrepreneur, part of that stems from, um, back in the spring, I had this idea of what if I had a membership site where people could join and be mm. supported on on a journey toward more plant based eating, not with necessarily the goal of becoming one hundred percent vegan, but um, making sustainable changes for their health and for um, planetary health. Yeah. So seeing yeah. both sides of of that those benefits, and I was always asking myself, is this particularly for like a faith based audience, or is it going to be for everybody? Uh-huh. I want it to be for everybody, but my heart behind it is largely stewardship. But is that more just my personal? kind of thing like the faith and work movement you know if like if you're in a quote Uh secular work environment but you're bringing your faith to what you do it doesn't have to come out in explicit christianese as it were where it could be just that you're you're using your faith to live in a holistic 
um, integrated way. And so that's the big question. I'm having like a light bulb moment a little bit while you're talking even where um, there is like, I think a lot of people who come from that world, myself included, really struggle with like an all or nothing mentality. And I, I'll just be straight up. I have struggled hardcore with this, this mentality for the last like two years. I am still probably technically in that world, but like, I just didn't like the, um, the labels and stuff, um, in terms of media and, um, and business. Mm. And the feeling was you either had to say fill in the blank for Christians, or you had to just do the thing. And I think one of the things that's like that I'm realizing right now is that there actually is just like an in-between thing where that's like part of our identity. It's part of who we are and it's part of the lens we look at something through, but it also it, it's it's one of many things, even though it is crucially important to us. Like it is a way that we talk about something. And the idea of stewardship is like something you can even tease out and talk more of. That's just a unique thing bring, you bring to the table that I think a lot of people would be interested in, you know, and leaning into the way that you think about something versus sort of like what group you're aiming this at or something, I think could be a lot more valuable. And I like the idea of like a podcast situated, situated through that lens or, or viewed through that lens in that Mm -hmm. way. Does that resonate with you at all? Or is that, yeah, Yeah, it does. I think especially because as I think about the podcast, I, I do want it to be reaching anybody and everybody. Mm -hmm. And so almost like building backward, like if I do end up someday starting some kind of a membership site or some other business aspect that yeah. serves people on a larger scale in a different way. And it's a, and a money maker, whereas the podcast probably wouldn't be at least without sponsorships. Um, yeah. it, it would, you know, be probably serving the same audience. Yeah. What's the feeling that comes up when you're thinking about these things, when you're thinking about, um, possibly starting this podcast, like, what do you feel? I think it's a mixture of excitement and, a little bit of trepidation, the idea uh-huh. of like, how much time is this going to take? Will yeah. I have that time? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And especially I'm in this space of, I mentioned, have, you know, finishing up a PhD and like, I'm looking for full-time work and thinking, okay, then that will be, you know, early mornings and weekends in terms of what I might be able to spend time on um, for a podcast and having a sub stack and another blog and, and things. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to consolidate what I'm doing and decide where am I going to put my energy? Um, this feels really meaningful and it really important for this moment in our cultural, you know, our, our context, you know, in 2023, yeah. almost 24, mm-hmm. uh, what are we going to do about this, this kind of current climate crisis that we're, we're already in. It feels yeah. really timely that I would do something like this. And so, it, yeah, I think it's it's mostly exciting, but sometimes a little bit scary. What's the impetus for starting this? Like, is do you do you are you familiar with other podcasts like in this zone? Um, and and what makes it unique and and or even urgent? I can't say that I've searched what you know far and wide to see if something mm-hmm. exactly like this exists, but I feel like I probably would have stumbled across one by now if it was kind of exactly what I'm doing. Um, In part, uh, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to is called The Proof. 
And every week they come out with an episode that's a good hour and 30 minutes to three hours long, just about mostly nutrition, but often they'll um, have aspects or certain episodes that focus on um, the environment as well. And so that's just something that I, I care about. So I, and, and I find other people, you know, other professionals and podcasters through that podcast as well. Yeah, and so yeah. I guess, I guess, yeah, I feel like I would have come across something, but again, like I said, I haven't searched like all of the particularly climate change related things, but I, I think especially because it would be focused particularly on food and what yeah. you can do about your um, daily, weekly f- food choices. I think that that is what would really make it unique. Yeah. I'm coming back to sort of your original question, which is kind of how do you, how do you find your people? Um, mm-hmm. Which is like, a perennial problem. Like it's tied to how can I get an audience? How can I get more audience? How can I grow my audience? These are the questions. Frankly, I get a variation of this question. Um, like every day <laughs> I feel like it's constantly, it's the, it's the point of podcasting, right? Is we want people to listen to our podcasts and we're in a time where you start a podcast and you are not going to get a built in audience. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't really happen. It really is a long term sort of growth. Thing. You have to really spend a consistent amount of time building an audience. I think one of the things is, you know, audience is one way of putting it. Uh, building a community is another way to put it. And it does sound like that is a little bit what you're doing here. And I think it's good that you're thinking of it that way. And in fact, it sounds like the priority is around this community, which is probably a good thing. Like, a, like it's really hard to grow a podcast without people um, feeling like they're a part of the community of that podcast. But B, it makes growing that podcast or even not growing that podcast a lot more rewarding. It makes the podcast itself more rewarding because you're hearing people, you're getting that feedback loop over time. And, and frankly, that conversation and those sort of genuine connections over time. So I think like part of the thing I would say off the off the bat is like, put that community building piece on the forefront as much Mm -hmm. as podcasts are great. I think like without having a place where people can engage and talk about that thing. um, And it may be that the podcast sort of initiates that, but you got to have someone listening before that happens, you know? Um, What would you recommend as far as facilitating that community? I know some people will be like, I'll have a Facebook group or whatever, but I think like I said, I have I do a little bit on Instagram, and then I'm I'm wondering mm-hmm. what to do with my Substack. If I should kind of just, met, you know, mold that to be, yeah, uh, to fit along with this, or if I just you know sideline that my initial Substack and start a new Substack and have that be kind of the place where people gather. Do you have any recommendations? I um, so I've been experimenting a lot with the Substack podcast combo in the last few months. Uh, listeners of this podcast may recognize that and know that because like at some point I just like this past week, I actually completely converted my podcast over into a Substack podcast. And this is something I've been really interested in. And I basically did it as a test. I wanted to be able to like know what that was like so I could tell clients and things like that. And it's really interesting to me how automatically like people are more invested just by virtue of it being in the embedded in the thing. And it automatically is sent out to all the, all the listeners. It doesn't feel like, Hey, you know, there's, 
there's a very subtle but key distinction between, hey, another podcast is out, everyone. Uh, go check it out versus here is a podcast, you know, mm-hmm. and it's here now. Um, and a, a lot of my listeners are, are, or a lot of my newsletter subscribers are um, email only, like that they came over actually from some other service before I was using Substack, but they can always like click through and then listen. It's just very easy for them. And it also is something they feel like is a part of the thing they're a part of. Add to that, there's built-in comments, right? Like there's a built-in comment section. Like these are all things that really create a a feeling that you don't get from just, I downloaded a podcast to my podcast um, queue and now I'm listening to it while I'm doing dishes. It's a very different vibe, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know. Have Have you experimented with like even listening to podcasts on Substack at all? actually haven't yet i i use my yeah my podcast app like every day (laughs) yes yeah i do too and i think given the choice i'm always going to use the podcast app i don't think i've ever do but it is a very different vibe i've found so i think that would be one idea i mean but the the bigger thing is like where's your audience right that's Mm -hmm. um that's a big thing i mean and this is where it gets tricky because you know we just talked about how you don't really need to narrow it down to like a specific segment, but in some sense you kind of do, you kind of have to know that, that your target, what your target is and who they are. Um, I think we even talked about, I talked about this in my, my uh, newsletter when you wrote in, like, you gotta have, you gotta know who you're talking to. And right, you're, you're one ideal listener and then you're one, it, yeah, it just yeah. comes out from there. Yeah, exactly. And, and it feels like you fundamentally know that your one ideal listener is someone who cares about climate change and wants to get started and probably is open to plant-based eating. You know, these are all sort of core sort of um, behaviors that would identify who is listening to that. And then I could imagine that if that was me and I was getting started on that journey, I would want some guidance and some help. And I think messaging it consistently to those people, I mean, this is turning into like such a marketing specific, <laughs> like uh conversation. We're barely talking about podcasting. I feel like on this episode, but it's relevant. I think to making the podcast because getting in front of those people and talking specifically to them is going to be, I think the most important thing and doing that in a way that is sort of, um, unflinching, I think like a lot of what you're talking about is from the purview of other people, like quote unquote weird, right? Like just to be frank, like some people just see it as strange or out of the ordinary, but if you can talk about it, like it's normal, it's going to make those people feel at home. And I think that is, yeah, I think that is a real opportunity here with the podcast, right? Is have those conversations where it's normal to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I think this idea of like forming a community, like talking to your community, not in a way that makes outsiders feel like outsiders so much, but like you're saying, making it sound and feel normal. So the person that comes in like, oh, this isn't weird. (laughs) Or maybe I should consider that. Yeah. And there are two areas in which you can, that you can work to make feel normal. One is I've decided to do this. Right. Okay. The other is I've decided to do this, but I'm not sure what to do or how to do it. Um, I have a lot of questions. There are some people who may have those questions and making those questions feel normal 
as mm-hmm. well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a friend recently I was chatting with about this podcast idea, and she's been part of a podcast for several years, and uh, she encouraged me by saying consistency is so important. Like, no matter what mm. you see going on with the numbers, I imagine that you would wholeheartedly affirm that, but just being consistent with your messaging and with getting something out there and serving whatever size audience you do have. And that little by little, it may be a very, very, very slow curve to start, you know, Yeah. that for some reason, something catches on at some point, whether it's a particular episode or whether there's a, a person featuring you as a guest or whatever, just to let things organically build, I'm guessing. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, we've had like um, a number of episodes now on the podcast. We've had conversations around consistency and frankly, a lot of them calling into question the consistency advice and sort of nuancing it to death. I think one of the things that I'm becoming convinced of is consistency is really important for growing a podcast. You don't grow a podcast by sporadically showing up every now and then when you feel like it. If you already exist and you have an audience, like they're going to be super pumped when you drop something two months from now out of nowhere. That's a great way to sort of benefit from your existing audience. But if you don't have much of an audience and you need to grow one, consistency is a big deal. And Mm -hmm. that is directly tied to concepts around sustainability, right? Um, What can you pull off? every week or every other week. But I do think, yeah, I, I think especially with your subject matter, consistency is doubly important because people are making these decisions all the time, every day for that matter. Um, and I feel like there's a need for just consistently getting into people's lives and reminding them that the decision they're making making is good, that it's valuable, and that, that it's doable, you know, um, that's something that's easy to forget. And I, I think making that part of the routine, even like part of their cooking routine or their dishwashing routine, mm. um, can bring that really close to home and be really valuable. Mm-hmm. Are there any like podcasts, you know, of that are sort of modeling what you're doing, whether or not they're in that space, that topic, yeah. are there any that, that feel like a good model for what you would like to do with this podcast? Yeah. What, what, one of my favorite podcasts is Emily P Freeman's the next right thing. Uh huh. And I just, I love how just practical her episodes are. They're a nice digestible, no pun intended, um, length, you know, like I said, some of my favorite podcasts are, you know, hours long and I just have to break them up into chunks. But for something, if you're just making dinner or washing dishes or taking a snack break, whatever, Mm -hmm. it'd be awesome just to make like a 10 to 15 minute episode a week, something that someone can be inspired to do one new thing that week or be encouraged in something that they're already doing. Um, I'm also, I think I probably at least initially would lean on scripting out my podcasts. I like really having a plan for what I would say, um, but being able to write it in a way that doesn't sound, you know, overly scripted. Cause I feel like Emily's, um, I know that she scripts hers and I think that they sound wonderful. And so I feel like I take from her in that as well. Yeah. I, I, I go straight to her. And when I think about like someone I would model, the next right thing is a great example because she is walking people through sort of a journey 
towards um, living by a set of values, right? Like that everyone's agreed upon. And I think that that feels like a great model in some ways. Like it's, and she's also just very good and skilled at writing and delivering that message in a way that feels organic and like she's talking to you, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So yeah, if you can pull that off, great. If you can't, practice makes perfect. That'll work out eventually, you know? Yeah, that feels like a really smart uh, angle. And I think, yeah, I do think you'll find your people eventually. Like, those people are going to gravitate towards you because you're saying a unique thing that they really can't find anywhere else. This is the biggest thing that I think is, like, hope for this, is, is like, very positive for this idea in this podcast and what you're trying to accomplish is that there is... It doesn't sound like to you, you're telling me like there's a competing podcast out there that you want to do it like this, but a little better or a little different. It sounds like that this is a really unique idea that there is definitely an audience for and you just need to execute on it, right? Um, and it, and the, the act of executing on that and putting it out there is going to, um, and then messaging it for people is going to cause people, I think, to gravitate toward you over time. Do you agree with that? Does that does that feel right to you? It does. I yeah. I I do still feel like I need to do my due diligence, just make sure I know of course. what's yeah. out there if there is. Yeah. But again, I feel like if there was something really popular, I would already know about it. But even if it's mm-hmm. not as popular, it would be helpful to see how am I distinguishing yeah. myself from what's out there. Right. Totally. How do you feel about or how do you think about um podcast trailers? And I think I see I see that sometimes people like tag them or pin them rather to the top so that any new people might just go straight to listen to the trailer. Do you see those as effective or how how do you go about using those or maybe not using them? Um, This is funny timing because recently. um, Oh, my gosh, I'm gonna have to look her up. I forget her name. Do you know? I don't know who I'm talking about. Do you? I can't I haven't even brought thoughts. her. I haven't even said <laughs> anything about her. Do you know the mystery person's um, name? Um, Jeanette McCurdy. Jeanette McCurdy's podcast came out, and her podcast trailer is just her ranting about how no one listens to podcast trailers. <laughs> and that she said that we had this whole like produced trailer because my producers said I needed one, and we had we had worked really hard on it. And it's just not me, so I'm just going to talk to you for this trailer. Um, and if and that's what like, her audience would resonate with. That's exactly right. Awesome. That was like a perfect fit for her vi- her whole vibe. Um, it's called Hard Feelings is the name of the podcast. And everyone should go check it out. I mentioned the newsletter a few weeks ago. That is one take. And I think it's got a point. Not everyone listens to trailers. And in fact, most people probably don't. But it is a thing that pushes people over the top. Here's how I put it. Podcasting in general, listening to a podcast, subscribing to a podcast, these are in the, in the attention economy, they're big investments. They're not reading a tweet. They're a lot longer and more involved than that. And you're asking a lot of the people that you're trying to get to listen or subscribe at best to your podcast. And so sometimes you have to give them an on-ramp. You have to really give them as many on-ramps as possible, which is kind of like the benefit of having all of those other things anyway, like your podcast newsletter, your social media, all of the things that you are doing to sort of 
promote your podcast, those are all on ramps to the real thing, which is the podcast and eventually the community. Yeah. Don't like spend too much time on it. I would never advise someone spend like a ton of time on a trailer. Um, only I do that <laughs> because I get, I get creative ideas. I get excited about and need to execute perfectly. So don't do that. Keep it simple is, would be my advice and make sure that it's like very representative of what the podcast is. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the more like on ramps you can give people, the better I would say. And it's a one-off thing. It's not like a thing you have to continue to produce anything that's one-off like the barrier to entry is very low to like mm-hmm. get that out there. So I think it, it probably makes sense. Good does that deal. answer your question? Yeah, it does. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Um, if people want to check out your podcast, um, they can't. It doesn't exist yet. But <laughs> if they want to make sure they know when it comes out, what where should they where should they go? What should they what should they yeah. do? Yeah. Yeah. So um you can subscribe to my email list by going to edenandme.com that's e-d-e-n and a-n-d-m-e.com mm-hmm. um, you can also find me on instagram at jessica j schroeder so those would be two ways where i could either get an email out to you or just i will be plastering that across my instagram with it if and when i should say if when when it happens when I know. Yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm, I do that all the time in future projects. Like, if I mean, when? It will happen. When? It will happen. Um, yes. Yeah, so check that out. I will put links in the show notes to those things. And uh, Jessica, thank you so much for Thanks coming again. on Podcasting for Humans. It's been an honor. Thanks. Thanks.